0: welcome to keep the podcast alive the only podcast dedicated to stereophonics just before i jump into the next episode guys i just want to kindly ask if you could subscribe to our youtube channel like and share all our social media posts on facebook and twitter i just want to get these incredible stories out to every stereophonics fan that i can but for now let's get into the next episode hello welcome to keep the podcast alive my name is paul smith my guest this week is chris morgan chris how are you doing
1: I'm not too bad I'm not too bad are you getting on
0: yeah not too bad mate not too bad boiling today boiling weather where's this
1: come from absolutely no idea i was complaining i was cold this morning i had to go and put my hoodie on <laughs> for started work and as the day i'd just been stripping layers off as i've been going uh, do you
0: know what i um Being back and forth to our storage unit because we're moving on friday getting bits and bobs out and i made the mistake of wearing jeans i got outside i was roasting absolutely roasting but um we'll enjoy it while i can because it will be snowing probably on wednesday we only get a few days of summer don't we so make them count exactly exactly you've got to make the most of it make the most of it um so a musician yourself in a band um, that was referenced in our last episode by Daniel Batchelor, Stay Voiceless,
1: yeah? Yes, yes, that's us. We've um, yeah, been together coming up six or seven years now. I think it was our uh, played first show seven years ago when I was uh, talking to somebody else about it the other day. As this yeah. So yeah, it's quite a bit heavier than Stereophonics, but uh, I suppose as this unfolds, there's plenty of sort of influence in there hidden um, just because they were a massive part of our scene when we were sort of growing up really um yeah quite sort of mixture of that catchy sing-along stuff that they were in and for but then we sort of mix that in with the sort of noisier sonic youth sort of 90s seattle scene type type influence as well so yeah a bit of everything in there going on
0: <laughs> <laughs> bit of everything um even though like you said you know um, quite different to stereo being a band from um south wales valleys tradiga do, do you do you get compared to them or do the people kind of ask you about that
1: uh we've not necessarily been compared to them uh, not to my knowledge anyway um and i'm quite sort of it's quite sort of well known that i'm sort of massive ministry preachers fan as well but what people probably don't know is that certainly for the between the ages of like say 13 and 20 stereophonics are probably equal in that love affair um just mm-hmm. Welsh music and Welsh bands as it is um yeah so one of, one of the earliest sort of performances I had when I was a kid and I was still learning to play guitar and we had, me and my buddies Chris were sort of both learning how to play guitar at the same time so we would just sit up in his bedroom up in his attic learning how to play like stereophonic songs and trying to work out God was doing well bit just to to get better as musicians and it was just that inspiring that it, you could just pick up a guitar learn a couple of chords and write a good song and they were sort yeah of, stereophonics i suppose, are the the prime example of, of that because you haven't necessarily got any massive shredding solos or anything going on in there they just good it's just good songwriting
2: mm-hmm.
0: yeah you, you 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 won't get a better in my opinion there's not many better than than at songwriting anyway um at what sort of age in your life I, I don't know how old you are i'm sorry but at what stage in your life did you find the band and what at what stage of stereophonics life did did you kind of discover them?
1: yeah so from, well I don't say from the start because uh I, I weren't about for the tragic lump company days or anything like that but uh yeah i'll be i'll be 35 now in the next month or so and um just when i was in school my friend johnny andrews his, his brother was massively into like welsh music and got into like the brit pop scene and stuff like that so whilst everyone was arguing about sort of oasis and blur in where we were from in school and in, in, in the valleys he was always all oh, manics or super furry animals or stereophonics and you prefer and of, of those bands, Stereophonics, were the, the newer, they, there was a massive hype about them. Um, they'd just been signed by Richard Branson and things like that. So, but like I said, it was quite early doors, really. Um certainly yeah, singles came out for, um, would guess around uh, traffic was, was coming out. Do you remember going and buying that in Woolworths when it came out? So, probably 97,
0: 98.
1: Um, so, very early then. Yeah, fairly early. So, yeah, obviously, they were already sort of established and, sort of on their meteoric rise at that point but it just felt because because they were local they felt that it was achievable and it was doable it was just a, a massive success story that somebody from a tiny town in wales could 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 have that happen from and as a musician, yeah of course a young a young musician just learning how to play it just made you want to play even longer and get even better um and be i alive. guess you know
0: that that kind of probably be you know you start being a, a young musician or aspiring musician it probably gives you the you know the urge to kind of if if they can do it then i can you know they're, they're from a a little town that no one had ever heard of you know no one would have ever heard of Kamamon, even now if Stereophonics hadn't of you know had that sort of very quick upward trajectory trajectory commandment would still be an unknown little street Yeah, just outside of
1: the air so yeah and it it was massive is that the way you saw it yeah definitely it it definitely made you think well here we are some some local boys and they they've just literally written a couple of good songs and they've piqued the interest of like the one of the most wealthiest men in britain who set up a new record label and one of his first signings is again a couple couple of boys from up the road um with a guitar playing it who've been playing in pubs for the last couple of years you know it was almost like they became massive overnight and I yeah. suppose our first album for me, Word Guest around is so accessible because there's so much variety on this. You got like songs that looks like Chaplin, there are the heavier, sort of rocky type tones on there. You got the big sing-along stuff then, local point of photograph. Um, you got some acoustics on the softer side on there as well. So it was really an album that could appeal to everyone yeah uh, um, whether it's sort of hearsay or not or folklore but i love the sort of idea that they recorded the album off all the major labels money that wanted to demo them or something like that <laughs> time, it was a bit like everybody gave them a bit of money to go and record a couple of demos and they did that, and then they just scooped up all the demos and said to Richard Branson, Here's our album. <laughs> just need to go find it. It's if like be, just if being
0: a Navi day boy, wouldn't put it past them, <laughs> to be honest. I that <laughs> idea,
1: yeah, whether it's true or not, I, I still love to believe that it is.
0: <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't surprise me, to be honest, mate. It wouldn't surprise me. Um, but talking about obviously um, albums, we had a massive announcement this morning. Um wasn't really a surprise because it it be obviously Kelly told us about it a couple of months back. And I think for the last couple of days before the announcement, um it's been on sort of Amazon in Germany and a few other sites in Germany. So we kind of knew what the name was and and the track lists. Um but obviously Cal confirmed it this morning on um I listened to it on Chris Evans, but I think he's done the rounds with everybody this morning.
1: Yeah. Um Uchia, I think this yeah. is. That's how Uchia. I would have pronounced it as well. Um, unless you're trying to come from Scotland, you might say like "ochia" yeah, or something like that. I'm not. <laughs> I was looking at it. I'm going to say. I'm going to wait for someone else to say it before I attempt to say it. But Uchia, is what. Yeah, I, I,
0: I think it's kind of it is pronounced Uchia, but you right. say it in a kind of a quicker way. It's like Uchia, hmm. and I, I think uh, Kel said that it's it's kind of their version of you know like um. Um Liam Gallagher likes to say mad for it and yeah, you know yeah. it, it's kind of the I think um it's their their version of like your, your boom or you know it's something that they say get in there type during of. their session. Yeah, get in there. I think that's what he said it is. Um because you know, yesterday um there was a lot of conversations about especially the name of the album on social media and i wasn't i wasn't really fussed on it i was like what the hell does that mean (laughs) but now it now it makes sense it's like it's one of those you know um you know like you said your booms your let's have it kind of kind of you know thing um it's grown on me i quite like it to be honest you know it, it makes me feel like um it's kind of They've got the oomph back. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what it is. It's it's that.
2: Ooch-yah! Um but what
0: absolutely. came with it this morning, what came with it this morning is is the new single. Um I know you haven't had a listen to it yet yourself. You've been flat out today, but I've had it on repeat all day and I love it. Yeah. I absolutely love it.
1: Oh good stuff. And I think I saw sticking on in the car on the drive up to Bly now. No.
0: Yeah definitely I have a listen to it it's, it's very catchy it's, it's quite different um you know and and he said this morning it's very um uh zzy top style um yeah, yeah. very guitarry and um but no it's it's really I love it I love it and it, it it does take a while you know I've I've said um I've said previously on probably all all episodes of the podcast when i hear a new single it takes a little while for for it to kind of for me to understand it and and get to like it but this one first the first play i'm like i'm hooked definitely are they the ones um yeah and, and not not many get me like that you know um dakota probably is the one that that got me the most on it on its first play and I, did, I think that it did that for everybody which shows showed obviously in its um in his chart position you know the first number one or whatever um but i think this um hanging on your hinges is called um definitely has got the got definitely got the uh, uh you know could be a number one another number one
1: yeah yeah oh good to look forward to hearing it now
0: <laughs> get
1: it on in the car mate we'll
0: do it um bigger announcement
1: was the um the
0: homecoming gig at principality yeah uh,
1: so tom jones like how yeah, much tom, how much is yeah, there i thought i'd see that so tom Jones supports um i suppose that's come full circle for kelly and the boys in a way because they've done the reload album with him, didn't they? when they covered three Dog nights exactly me yeah so I bet, me it, yeah, I bet if you told kelly jones then that in i don't know fast forward 20 years or so and so tom's gonna be main support in the millennium stadium or the principality rather uh, you'd probably yeah. told me to, to jog on <laughs> making it up. yeah you would have thought you,
0: you would have thing. thought you were off your head exactly exactly but uh, no it's it that, again that's going to be massive i mean any any um any phonics gig in cardiff is is massive anyway but with with the sir tom there there's a whole new generation different generation of people going you know you you've got
1: you know your nuns and granddads going to this one yeah it's kind of, um, everyone, you know which is similar to what i was just saying about our, our first record they've got the catfish and the bottle men opening so you're covering all the people who are getting into them sort of perhaps post dakota and more recently um you sort of you new your new indie kids so to speak again you got your tom jones to appeal to the the older school fans and perhaps the people who go with friends yeah. so or the grandparents that you just mentioned and then you've got yeah obviously people going for the main events
0: exactly and he's already said that um he's, they're probably going to end it with mama told me not to come with uh, with tom on there um but i think um the catfish in the bottom end. i saw an interview with kelly it might have been this yeah it was this morning nme um apparently there are they're having some sort of internal riots where you know they might not even last until um to be honest
1: i've heard rumors that and leeds was going to be their last show and then they were announcing a split but i mean i keep seeing new shows popping up so i'm not sure whether they perhaps got a new record out and there's a bit of hype just to get just to get a bit of press i mean you don't don't see in the industry side of it you do become a bit cynical sometimes when you see things like this come up and then suddenly a record drops or a song drops um, so when again I was surprised to see them on the line up because it's a bit like, oh I'm sure they've split up. But then if I was in a band that was on the verge of splitting it up, but they said, Oh, actually, do you want to play in a stadium with stereophonics? I'd probably say, Oh, perhaps we'll leave it a bit longer, see how we get on. <laughs> <laughs> so I can yeah. on for it, you know.
0: Yeah, put all put all the uh, internal politics aside just for yeah, just for one massive gig. Yeah.
1: yeah, exactly. Uh, so that, that's gonna be like gonna be changing for them as well, that amount of people. I know they're massive in their own right anyway now at the moment, but it's a different caliber that isn't it playing the millennium stadium yeah where, where are they from are they from swansea way somewhere um i'm th- i thought they're from more like north wales chester way i think because i know they used to- is it yeah i got a friend who um uh, goes to a venue up there called telford's warehouse and i know they were pretty much the house band there for a while they would play seem to play there every other week so yeah yeah up north some way um but i, I might be mistaken
0: ah uh, fair enough still still in wales though it's an all welsh wales. Year, i think on december the 18th it's going to be incredible i can't wait can't yeah wait. it's probably going to
1: sell be out super quick as well so you're going to have to have websites crashing it's going to be carnage trying to get tickets for that i imagine
0: yeah well hopefully because i pre-ordered the album this morning as well so hopefully we will get pre-sale and it won't be as manic as friday morning but this morning i was i was messaging like all my mates i was like right who wants to go because there's no pissing about oh i might go i might go you either want to go or you don't think you're going to get you know yeah you know you're in or you're out no pissing about because i would imagine tickets are going to be hard to come by once they sell out you know or you're paying a a bloody premium
1: yeah oh yeah definitely the talks are going to be out in force for that one i think if they haven't got any measures and try and stop it
0: exactly exactly it's going to be a, an expensive one if you don't get uh tickets at the start Definitely. um have you have you um have you played have you have you supported any sort of big bands yourself
1: um uh, sort of well not necessarily in this band i played with a band who were quite big in ireland called fighting with wire it's with our first show in this band and they were big quite big um the guitarists also in a band called new pagans now uh, they're a great band as well played with those it was literally our last show before the world got shut down in March last year um but aside from that i mean in, in previous bands we've played with so you know like the funeral for a friend and things like that and that sort of early 2000s sort of rock scene quite sort of friendly and in, in and around that sort of uh culture really so yeah nothing yeah. obviously stadium worthy or anything like that <laughs> um but, but yeah we do we do all right and in sort of previous bands we've all been in as well we've supported some uh some decent sort of bands from that era as well Hell's yeah yeah 100 reasons um again bands that came out to that sort of almost second wave of brit rock early 2000 um,
0: yeah i am um, a made of mine was in funeral for a friend ryan Richards. yes no ryan the the drummer um yeah, I friends with Ryan years and years ago and then he was in a different band. I think they were called triff Cage then.
1: Yeah, he was in under the McLean for a bit as well, I think. Yeah,
0: and then um he, he went to Foon Road for a friend and they were they were quite big at the time, they they made it quite big and obviously we lost contact and stuff. But nice guy, Ryan.
1: Yeah, yeah, he is and quite good mates with Darren as well. Um, from for a Friend when he sort of Sort of initially left their band we had a sort of side project going on it was sort of me him and uh, mike chipling from lost profits um my friend len um we just sort of go into the studio wrote a lot of songs thrashed it out and then never gigged basically um <laughs> abrupt end But it, again it's good they were all sort of good boys and i think because we all came from that sort of same scene all listening to similar if not the same bands you just gravitate yeah. towards each other, and it doesn't matter if there's sort of age gaps or what you've done previously, everybody's just so in love with the music and the want to create it that yeah. you just happen, sort of however brief the sort of affair lasts or so how long. It's just, I, I, I wouldn't know what I sort of do without it really. And again, part of that was inspired mm. by getting into stereophonics and sort of that sort of, I hate the term Cool Cymru, but what the NME and the Melody Maker were dubbing Cool Cymru in the sort of late 90s. Uh, as Welsh bands are sort of breaking through into the mainstream into in, in their crossover periods.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, you mentioned lost profits there. They they're a bit of a swear word in in, in and around, well across the world now and they are yeah, unfortunately, we all speak a lot. It's a shame for the
1: other boys. <laughs> um, but like I said, we'll move swiftly on from
0: <laughs> Yeah definitely. We'll bring it back um the stereophonics. Um
1: have you ever crossed paths with any any the band at all yeah so stuart cable um before um i was in this band um i used to be in a band called my and we played with went on tour with the crimea and that was davie mcmanus who used to be in the crockets band who obviously um supported stereophonics at more stadium and done a few shows with them as well so we yeah. played on that tour in the Black Lion in Aberdeen. I think it has gone now. Mm-hmm. Um, we played in there with the Crimea and Stuart came down with a few people. Um, he hadn't long left at the time, so it was still quite sort of a uh, bit of an open wound, I think, at that point in time. But uh, again, it was it's one of those things where you never know what to say in your head. you like to think if you meet people you look up to or people you've seen on a telly or in music magazines or whatever, and you've always got this thing, or oh, what would I say? I'd love to meet them. And when that moment comes, You've got absolutely no idea what to say or what to do so in that case he was just a nice blog and just spoke to him as if he was any but any other person in the pub you know and he had a
0: conversation
1: yeah yeah invited us up his house for a party but we had somewhere to be the next day so we didn't go because uh we did that he can get out of hand and sort of yeah. like people we say but he, he was not the really nice made the next day yeah so um funny story was telling him so he said, oh, the first sort of big proper gig i went to was um stereophonics in the CIA in Cardiff. So I was supposed to go and see, I had tickets to go and see them in the mall stadium, the big gig, in the summertime. And it turned out my mother had booked a sort of surprise family holiday abroad for us and it was the same week. So I couldn't go, uh-huh. it was like, it was the last holiday I went on with my parents anyway, because I was like thirteen <laughs> at the time and it's cool to go away with your parents then, is it? So I was at that yeah, age, yeah, yeah. well,
2: like,
1: oh, can I just go to the gig and you go on holidays? No, you're not going. So I was a bit like, oh, tamping with that. But then shortly after that they announced the performance and cocktails tour um which was later on in the year so my dad sort of almost to make it up bought me tickets to go and see that show and it was my first proper big band to see it's like the first time i'd been to a stadium show or an arena show rather um i'd only ever been to like a pub gig before and i'd only been to about two or three of those you know um yeah, yeah, yeah. playing in my first terrible band um but yeah so god they in an incredible show blew me away and um uh, but halfway through the set they were playing what are they playing might have been hurry up and wait um something like that but he started chucking all his sticks into the crowds and just saw this drumstick coming towards me It went past me it hit some fella in the air and bounced straight back almost into my lap so it oh my hand yes hand it was only about seven songs in and uh, i still got it out. but yeah i got it out because i knew i had it so literally even there the court day, and i just thought i got to that try and this for about two hours now because it, it was just people trying to snatch it off me and there's only 13 so mm. I was just ripping it like this trying to keep hold of it so i uh yeah again just had a normal conversation then before i went i was like i got to tell him i was like i still got one he was fixing in the house from when i was 13. <laughs> and he was like oh he's <laughs> that Cardiff. and yeah. he was laughing but it, yeah it's half of it is you don't want to bother them because everybody probably wants to talk to them and everybody wants something signed and everybody wants a sort of piece of people so then at the time you're like oh, i'd love to get this signed off i met i would ask for a photograph or ask for a photo and then when you're there i'm a bit like you know what i don't want to bother them they're just having a night out with their friends or they're just doing the shopping or they're just doing this that and the other so
0: yeah
1: it was just at that point in time he was there to watch the band we were supporting um so we just started talking about them whilst they were playing and he's just a nice bloke he just had time for everybody mm. but, um, no they do
0: they do say that about about stew he did have time for everybody yeah, yeah. um and you know he, he, um i i have mentioned in a previous podcast like he used to turn up on my old man's um christmas works do like almost every year um yeah. and my dad used to get all sorts of signed for me and stuff. Um, I'd even put him on the telephone to me at one point. And I was I was only I must have been about 14 or 15 at the time. And I feel I feel stupid now, but like a lot of that stuff like was thrown out, you know, when I moved out with my parents and stuff and I got rid of a lot of my stuff and I regret it badly now, to be honest, especially that, you know, no one's ever going to get another Stewart Cable phot- um, autograph. or picture or or chat to him you know so i i regret that so much um but yeah everybody says how much of a nice guy he was
1: yeah he was he just had time for everybody you know and he was such Mm. he was that sort of character like you knew he was there he just had a presence about him even if he wasn't doing anything he just had that sort of beaming sort of personality really wasn't he you could just tell that he was he must they must have known he was gonna go on to do big things from an early age just because of his character you know
0: yeah yeah definitely definitely um yeah yeah definitely um so like you said you found the band quite early on um uh what what would you say without giving away your top one <laughs> tell me tell me tell me about some of your favorite songs what's your favorite album first of all
1: so a favorite album depending on what do you ask me, is probably going to be <laughs> performance and cocktail, because I got into them when word gets around had just came out. But they say when you're sort of younger, that's the music that tends to stick with you. And that's that's your band, that's your album, and they find you. So because I wasn't necessarily around for the release of it, it was already out and it was just all in the songs and getting into them. I felt performance and cocktails was more mine because I was there for the build up. I was there for the hype. I was there for Went to see a gig and they played a few songs from it before it was coming out. When I had the whole stadium DVD and stuff like that, so a video probably was then actually. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah it's probably that one because I think it's a bit not necessarily heavier, but it's more guitar-driven. You can tell that the the first record production's a bit more raw, and you can tell the songs are all there, but you can tell they had perhaps a bit more budget. They could choose where they wanted to go rather than just having a label dictate to them where they go and it just sounds like they had more control over the production of our records and, mm. and perhaps owned their sound a bit more because they'd done obviously years of Tory and they had a successful album and singles under their belt and it was like okay how do we take it to the next level and it, for me it's that next level record and it's still good for everyone because i mean the opener sort of roll up and shine that riff is massive and, and again they opened with that when i saw them in 99 uh, with my dad. Yeah. I just remember being able to feel the guitar and the drums in my chest. It was like someone punching me. It was that loud in there. And I still get that in my head when I put that album on. So it just takes me back, yeah. not to that time and getting into them for the first time, but sort of feeling that it, it was my album or I've discovered this. I mean I queued up and bought it I'm like well what's on release day or something. Skyven off school. Um so yeah, and I just think a lot of my favorite songs are on that album, even though my top one is on word gets around and yeah. the only thing i sort of prefer about the first album ironically is the b-sides on the single because a lot of a, a lot of songs that i really rate Stereophonics are actually the b-sides off the first album Um uh, they didn't quite make the cuts they so got like raymond sharp and by myself a small plane and things like that and they're all great i can just imagine they are the- good, good tunes some of them yeah. aren't they they're crackers and i suppose where they were most influential for me aside from just thinking oh well if if they can do it, you can do it, and giving you that hope and that promise, is Kelly. He, certainly on those first three or four records, he writes about things he knows. So whilst some of the songs do drift into sort of Bruce Springsteen esque like storytelling, a lot of it he's writing about stuff he knows. What's going on in Aberdeen? What he's seeing. Uh That first record, he's talking about literally when he's working on the market and some of the characters yeah. he meets down the pub or sees coming and buying food off him and stuff. You know, it's it's I don't say grassroots. Cause that's doing it a disservice but you write about what you know and i think there's so much sort of fake it until you make it in the music industry now people writing about stuff they've never experienced they've never done and it's not even a particularly great story if they're trying to be yeah to do that narrative sort of songwriting skill and he just sort of thought you know what i got a good song i got a good tune what can i see around me what's happening and, and it's just and that's it, like that's uh, it like that i guess
0: they're true stories aren't they yeah. True stories, and you know, like you said, it's, it's sometimes easy, you know, to to fake that those sort of stories. But I suppose it's you know it's, it's even easier to to write what you know, I guess.
1: Like you said, yeah, and um, to, it, to turn something that's happened in a small town that everybody's heard about or known about, and turn it into a massive upbeat single, you end up sort of playing on top of the pops or whatever. To have that ability is definitely a craft and a skill. And he, he's mastered that perfectly. Oh, definitely.
0: On. Yeah, and like you said, you know about the difference in you know the first two albums, and you know the the budget, especially like you said, even you can tell a, yeah. they definitely had a better the budget. The videos for the songs, yeah, it, it, a massive difference in terms of the you know the quality and what goes on, you know. Um, in those videos and stuff. So I definitely um agree with you there. Um, what about some of your favorite songs other than performance and cocktails?
1: Yeah, so love, roll up and shine again, poorly because I'm always taken back to that thing. Bartender and the Thief, just because you've got that heavy opening, it's quite dissonant in the guitar chords that are being played, and then there's this big uplifting chorus in the middle, um, after all the sort of the brutal bits in the middle. Um so yeah I really like both those songs but then sort of equally then when he's sort of demonstrating uh the, the sort of softer side of the songwriting he's got to sort of stop to fill my car up obviously you've got that narrative type songwriting coming out there and you get to the end he's just gonna I've just made all this up to keep you hooked and keep yeah. you, you know i just love yeah. that sort of sarcastic wry smile he probably had right now and pulling it together um she takes a close off again it's a great great sort of guitar hook Acoustic all the way through, really, but it's just great song, right? Then it just shows that the soul you need is a guitar and an idea. Yeah. Okay. Um, forget about performance and cocktails. Somebody, some of your others, other favourites. Others. Uh looks like Chaplin. Definitely. Massive song. Um Local Boy. Obviously, everybody's top five. That's gotta be over there. What we're going to photograph i suppose i
0: don't even know if it was in mine you know
1: was it not
0: I, no i did um i did a a, a challenge on twitter yeah, phonics yeah. top ten i don't think it was to be honest um and I, I it's probably my own fault um i'm the type of person that i can overplay a song too much to myself and then yeah, yeah, yeah. i kind of really go off it and i i guess it's a bit like um most people if you think about your favorite oasis songs go to wonderwall or don't look back in anger i don't like those songs
1: because yeah, they just same.
0: overplayed overplayed and i feel local boy is a bit like that for me i, lo- I still love it but it's not like yeah, yeah, yeah. one of my favorites anymore yeah. not one of my favorites anymore
1: going back to the b-side side of thing i think poppy day is one of my favorite songs as well yeah it's i like that thinking, there's not a lot to it it's just got a nice melody it's got big chords in it and just sounds really full um yeah yeah it's great there's love probably go everywhere it's probably loads i've forgotten about that as soon as they come on and think i love this song
0: yeah do you know i i heard one um the other day in my day it was called oh yeah and i was like i haven't heard this donkey's years but it, it just it just it reminds it 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 reminds it sounds like a you know like something that your granddad would sing to you you know in yeah, my day did.
1: yeah it's, all about you people, know, it's you know, not locking your doors and not stealing off your neighbors and stuff yeah
0: and that was what my granddad would have said to me you know you know we we never had to lock our doors and you know no one yeah never had to worry about getting burgled and all that sort of stuff but yeah I, I said really and i i don't know i don't even know how it happened i think i had a um a stereophonics um shuffle on spotify and it just came on yeah, and yeah. i was like fuck that's a throwback you yeah, know yeah. I, it's probably been 15 years since i've listened to that one <laughs> i've
1: got it It might i'm not, yeah. not confident but i think it's on the same one where they covered um Nirvana something in the way as well as a b-side You've done that on so a cook stick possibly uh, possibly because like that's confident. a
0: that's another one that you know i had a mixtape um it, I don't know if you've listened to the first episode of this podcast but i got into the band because one of my mates in school gave me a mixtape um of the fun and that was on there so it was about the same time um very early on very early on but that's another classic as well you know he sings it really well and i'm not not usually one to like um covers you know, handbags yeah. and glad rags. Yeah, I've
1: done that, and I, I thought the ironic thing about that song is it's the only song where he doesn't sound like Rod Stewart. <laughs> it's a Rod Stewart. Mm. Song.
0: Yeah, but uh, I can't. That's I—I I don't like handbags and glad rags. Can't listen to it.
1: Yeah, okay. That was sort of the G.P. Uh, era that was, wasn't it? Yeah.
0: Just, uh, yeah.
1: yeah.
0: I think, was it? It
1: was. not what, what album on, was it on? Again, Mister Right is a class song. I always, preferred the yeah. line, I always preferred them playing that song live than the recorded version, though. I remember the album coming out, like, can't wait to hear that song. Now you're doing, oh, yeah. well, that's different. Um, again, because they'd obviously had the production value. There's some other instrumentation going on in there. I think there's like a Hammond organ going on all the way through it. Yeah. Whereas live, he was playing it on on the guitar, so it was quite riffy. Um, but yeah. yeah it's still a great song. It's just one of those things where, a bit like what you said, with the new single sort of ca- catches you off guard sometimes and um, sometimes you sort of growers you expect them to be one thing and then it's something completely different but not in a bad way
0: yeah yeah and you know yeah i, I agree he's he said about the um about the new album apparently a lot of the songs were written years ago you know he, he's basically he's just- put this album together you know because i know i think he, he kind of gave everybody the hint that um this this album would be a compilation over you know 25 years of of work gets around or whatever um or 25 years of the band um so i think most people would expect in like a compilation and and he said this morning that it originally it was going to be um but i think he said it would have been too easy to do you know kind of like an easy way out um and you know he said what he's done for this album he's trolled you know through Bloody hours and hours and, and hundreds of um, hard drives yeah, just yeah. looking for songs that they recorded or, or written years ago and, and he's just kind of put it together. Um, oh, and
2: it's, nice
0: it's it. only taken seven days to record this album, apparently. Oh wow! It <laughs> flowed. Yeah. So, so I, I'm really looking forward to it. I I got a feeling a couple of the songs on there um, are um songs that are what, what on B sides like of you know albums
1: the back so yeah, yeah. looking forward to it yeah no that'll be good and it, what you what you might find is that it's again quite a good variety in a mixture of songs rather than having a theme and all the songs following that theme or sounding like mm. a collective all suited to that one era of time so to speak because yeah. they, they are one of those bands where you pick a different year and you get a different sort of flavor of what they're about whereas if this is yeah. as, as you say sort of demos or old songs that he's come back and revisited and reworked might be a completely completely mixed bag and something we haven't we haven't heard before.
0: Yeah, and, and to be honest, I think that's what I'm hoping for. Yeah. Um I I, I feel like it's gonna be the complete opposite to kind anyway. You know, um if if the first single is anything to go by, you know, and and he did say that ninety percent of this new album is kind of, you know, up upbeat and Rocky um which yeah complete opposite the kind um so yeah i think we'll get a. hopefully we'll get a taste of it in in december um yeah. you know,
1: um everyone on everyone's christmas list now i imagine
0: <laughs> that's it that's it it's about, you know and i think you know usually in cardiff it's welsh 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 but because of the rest of the country have to wait until march until they get their gig you know in, in their closest venue i feel like this could be everybody across the uk all coming to cardiff to, to get get a piece of this
1: gig I and mean, it's going to be incredible yeah it will it will be and it's there it is something I about watching a welsh band in wales that's got to that size it doesn't matter who they are um seem like super free animals catatonia manix Theraphonics, it is different if you see um sort of not even in their hometown just in their home country if you're going to see them abroad or you're going to see them in scotland or england or even Ireland, it it is different it's not the same atmosphere and you can't quite put your finger on it i don't know what it is but it is different it's a completely different atmosphere watching watching a, a, a sort of homegrown band in, in your in your home country
0: no definitely i
1: don't feel like we've kind of
0: kind of gone anyway you know we've just been chatting and you know it hasn't had any sort of structure to the conversation it's just been two mates having a chat about our
1: favorite band, happy days no and that, that's sometimes the best way to be an X, if you can you get with some sort of things if it's quite scripted or rehearsed or people have prepared their answers you know what's coming don't necessarily get as much out of that it's much better i find having listened to Plus, you've got mistakes and what's and all, and if you're uh, in there, so if something creeps out... Exactly. I, ten, you get I you tend get it to leave all feel. that stuff in as well. Yeah. 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 And, you know,
0: and that's what that's the way I want it. I don't want it to be like a, organic. I don't want to be the Jonathan Ross show, where you just sit <laughs> and I ask you questions. It's that shit, but um,
1: <laughs> more organic, to have your free flowing. It's more interesting to listen to. It's, it's the best way to do it because the conversation takes you where the conversation takes you then.
0: Exactly. Exactly, mate. So tell us a little bit about your band. Can we see you anywhere?
1: Where, where can we find your music, um, Chris? Yeah, so we put our album out um, called Lies to Tell Your Children in August last year, um, mm-hmm. stupidly in the middle of a pandemic. But we'd sort of recorded it with Richard Jackson the year before. Um, he's recorded bands like The Automatic and things like that. Um, great producer, great bloke. Um, and we just thought we had all these songs. We had everything prepared and the sort of, we had a tour lined up. And then the pandemic hit and we thought, right, well, it's March now, things have gone into shutdown, it's not until August. We might be okay by then. Then as it was becoming apparent that this is gonna be a bit longer um a process than anything else, we thought, well, we either still roll the dice and put it out in August and just hope that people haven't got anything else to do and listen to it, or we we sit on it until the world's a better place and the longer we thought about doing that, we could see, well, everybody else is holding their album back. So then we're going to be competing with much more established artists who've kept their albums back for the same reason. So bugger it. Let's just stick it out and see how it does. And to be fair, it's it's done really, really well. So you can listen to it on Spotify or iTunes or whatever streaming or download services people are using. Um, we've got it on sort of limited edition 12-inch vinyl as well, which you can buy from the web store and um through independent record shops so they got it in um flip side in cardiff record shop in blackwood's got a few copies most sort of the welsh independent record shops have got it stopped at the moment if they haven't distribution consultant i of getting it to them if uh wanted to walk down and have a yeah line. um but yeah it's doing quite well it's um like i said it's a bit more songwriting wise again I, I write what i know because i think that's the best way to be so just quite honest it's songs about sort of growing up in the valleys there's songs about the sort of political situation we're in now and have been over the last few years and um just observations on the world and through our our lens and the mindset you get when you're brought up in a sort of small town in the valleys really um, some sort of again musically it's probably a bit heavier but it's sort of guitar influenced it's not particularly heavy so it's not metal or sort of screaming or anything like that there are still songs, big choruses and sort of big riffy because ultimately a sing-alongs that the sell records and again there's got to be a song in there it doesn't matter how good the content is if you haven't got a song structure in there some of the people can nod their heads to stamp their feet to put on the car and drive to sing to you know you haven't got anything um yeah exactly foundation on, on what our band's built on really just trying to craft good songs but with honest songwriting that reflect who we are, not just as people, but our upbringings and, and our surroundings.
0: Amazing, mate. Well, we, we both know a, a songwriter with a similar style who's, who hasn't done too badly. Um, but guys, uh, that's uh, Stay Voiceless, and the album is called Lies to Tell Your Children, yeah? That's him, that's him. Amazing. Well, Chris, thank you very much for your time today, mate. Uh, we've run out of time, but just before we go, um, tell us what it what
1: song can we play you out to and why? Yeah, so favourite song, same size feet. And I don't know why. It just moved me differently to all the other songs on the records. I suppose Word Guess Around is quite upbeat, quite positive. Some big sing-along songs on there. And then that is the first point in the album, I think, where there's a bit of a break or a rest and the mood changes. It's a bit darker, it's a bit more sinister. And as soon as I just heard his sort of the brooding vocals, the opening line and that first guitar chords. I just think, you know, oh, this, is, this is different gravy to the rest of the album and it's just stuck with me. Love it. Um, even if, uh, Noel Gallagher did rip it off a couple of years later and in the way it's his song like, the riff. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just an incredible song. It's just got all the elements, all the ingredients of what I love about my music. So it'll always be number one for me.
0: Amazing. Amazing. Well, Chris, like I said, thank you very much, mate. Uh, we'll play you out to your favorite song, Same Size Feet.
1: Excellent news! Thanks for having me.
0: Cheers, buddy. We'll uh, we'll keep an eye out on uh, you know your career. I'm sure you'll uh, I'm sure you're going to do well. I'll but see. um I'll have a little listen and I'll, I'll let you know what I think.
1: Yeah, do it, man. We'd love to hear your uh, your feedback. See what you
0: think. I will. And then you know, well, when you're playing at the Principality as well, we'll get you back on the podcast.
2: Outside
1: <laughs> busking, maybe. But uh
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right. Cheers, buddy. Have a good evening.
1: Yeah. Take care. Have a good one.
2: Cheers, Chris. Ta-da. A week's too long not to ring. The colors a hair and waits for him. No cat against dog, just head over heels. Sex twice a day, best time in years. Oh, no, I hasn't he He has to wait until he's on his own. Lying and denying so nobody knows I'll tell her this week is what he tells her To keep her on He'll buy her one day Sex drives, oral house cheated wives and spares Cream cakes, coffee dates, floral gifts, goodbyes Change of kind, sex change, too mundane For the average man I know she just can't see Where he is or where he's been Look grim and straight like she's always been